This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Watch him throw the ball, we gon' pick it off You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive, this is Trapper Dive Yes sir, welcome back to another Trapper Dive podcast Post-game edition I am Marlon Marlon, make sure I get these uh there we go. Get the names up. Dakota, relax, man. I am Molly Mall, Coach Mall, Hen Dog Mall, all that good stuff, man. AJ is checking in right now. Um, Dre is on the way in a second. Uh, we are open to calls. Um, if you are listening on the YouTube side or watching the YouTube side live right now, we appreciate you checking in off the rip. I seen the people in the comments early before we even got started, before the game was even over, man. Appreciate y'all waiting. Uh, to, to join the conversation today if you want to join the show the link is in the description on the youtube side if you're watching on twitter or twitch um and i think that's it yeah if you're watching on twitter or twitch and you want to be a part of the show you can definitely tap in on your platform but if you want to call in uh, and things like that you got to migrate over to the youtube side uh, like subscribe rate review on the audio side all that stuff boom all that's done now, Washington got fucked around and found a way to lose in Seattle. Um, after what was like a really a really important and really crucial drive that was loaded with uh, a series of coaching mismanagement or, or clock mismanagement from the commanders. Uh, they found a way to tie it up late, um, 26-26 uh, in Seattle, man. A, a very clutch drive um, and – Really, something that how overcame despite the fact that you had a couple of blunders from the coaches. Um, I think Antonio Gibson himself uh, had issues, uh, simply just getting out of bounds. Um, like just some 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 issues uh, with that with that side. So, uh, with all that being said, uh, Washington loses. AJ, I'm checking in right now. You here? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I I had the the audio was muted for some reason. Nah, you good? You good? You good? So. AJ's checking in um, from a macro level. Uh, let's go ahead and just start the start the conversation about the game. Uh, what are your thoughts on how everything went down at uh, at, at CenturyLink? I think that's the right name of the stadium. Uh, I think it might be Lumen, but uh, <laughs> I'm not. Okay. Sure. In Seattle. Uh, either way, <laughs> I mean, I feel like 
I feel like the offense was, was stagnant for most of the day uh, outside of the two plays of Sam Howell uh, being creative outside of the, the pocket and eluding uh, the pressure. Um, the offense really didn't get to do much. Uh, as we've seen, Seattle was very aggressive with their approach and how they were going to play the offense and Sam Howell uh, in the first drive that Washington had the ball. Out of the, the three plays, two of those plays, Seattle sent a safety or a corner blitz. Uh, so that kind of set the tone for the day that they were going to play fast and going to play with a lot of DBs instead of putting their linebackers in position to have to cover the middle of the field. They were going to go with five DBs or whatever the case was. Um, defensively, I mean, yeah, still no pass rush. <laughs> uh linebackers still getting exposed and and just even your safeties as far as crossers um cornerback play uh ben ben st juice has some struggles today uh and in my belief not trusting his technique uh and especially that that last drive uh before the game-winning field goal attempt they they definitely you know were able to capitalize on some some mistakes that he was making whether it be the face mask uh, the, <clears throat> the yeah, that, that one drive he had the two he had the two three three total penalties on the defense two of them on on Ben that led yeah. to the the drive the the touchdown the go ahead touchdown yeah the pi and all that and I and I really just think that comes down to technique um, Jack Del Rio I feel like second half he adjusted but he just was very predictable in his adjustment you kind of knew third down that he was blitzing. And I felt like that last particular drive that they got to DK Metcalf, that was a perfect opportunity to bluff a blitz and drop somebody in, in, in a coverage as far as linebacker wise. And it would have been a pick instead they played zone and DK was wide open. Uh, even from a football IQ standpoint, it's like, y'all don't understand the, the circumstance at hand. Keep that man up. Like, <laughs> if he want to stand up and, and keep running, let him keep running. Milk down as much clock as possible so that they have to scramble to get downfield to spike the ball. But so pause way, right there. Like that that was a weird situation. Like in my head, I mean, what happened happened, right? But in my head, I was like, the the longer they stay up, all the all it, it gives the the whole offense time to even like march down the field. Like if they're smart enough, they're gonna run with they're gonna run with DK. So like whenever he does go down, they're at the they're at the line of scrimmage. So like it was like, it was like I, I didn't know like if there was a right or wrong situation there. Um, given well, that, I mean, if you if you have a guy in that situation, no, no. By the way, I'm not criticizing. I'm, I'm actually oh, yeah. literally saying I don't I don't know if there was a right or wrong because I was like I feel like the way Seattle played it, they was on DK's ass the minute he fell. That's that's what I was saying. I, yeah, I, like, I mean, but I think D, if DK just goes down, it's it's over with. You feel me? Like they have yeah, more than too. enough time. They still had enough time to spike the ball with him being up. But I'm saying if Washington had like laid on the ball or let him run a little bit more, stayed on the ball, you you never know what could happen in that situation, even though the linemen are probably running upfield, you know, to get in the spike position. But either way, it was just it it it, it was just another game of where you're still not going to see a complete game from this team uh offensively and defensively and then even 
time management wise at the end, you've seen exactly Ron Rivera's issues that he's been having his entire coaching career with being able to manage the game, clock management. And you could tell, you could tell like these things aren't really being emphasized on his end. And he's doing the work on his side to make sure in these circumstances he can have these things down pack. It's kind of like just on the fly. Uh, but either way, man, uh, there were some plays that were made. Like I said, Brian Robinson had a big game. Uh, the most I think that was his, the biggest, the biggest game of his career. Yeah, like, the most, most, most impactful, I should say. Yeah, the most receptions that he's had, also most receiving yards. Uh, Diami Brown came up with a touchdown, which was extremely surprising. Uh, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, they they still ended up taking taking the loss. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, the offense didn't look great today. The defense uh, didn't look great either, but, you know, that's kind of where things have been going with this team all season long. Uh, Dre is just checking in for those listening on the audio side. Uh, Video-wise, you all saw him pop in. But, uh, Dre, overall takeaways on, on today's game before we kind of get down to the, the nitty-gritty parts of it? Honestly, two takeaways for me. First takeaway is not mad at the loss. I'm ready for Ron Rivera and this era to be out of here. And as we know it, you know, I'm a draft fan at this point. <laughs> so, nah, I mean, I, I've nah, been a draft nah. fan for the last couple of weeks. So, these, these losses don't really hurt. Second takeaway, I got to say, I've been asking for Sam Howell to show me some consistency. He's starting to make a believer of me, man. I'm sorry. I, hey, AJ, I know AJ don't like to hear that, man. But Sam Howell been balling, man. All I asked to do was to see it for a string of games, and we're seeing it, man. I mean, he makes the throws. I mean, he's made the flash plays. We've seen the flashes early in the season, you know, but we weren't seeing, like, complete performances. We were seeing, you know, some ups and downs, you know, especially throughout games. Then, you know, he played a couple of good games against the Eagles, but now Sam is on a roll, and he he seems like he's getting it, and he's not making the same mistakes. Actually, we're starting to see what – what was it? Before the season, they said Sam is self-correctable. We're starting to see that yeah. now. Yeah, um, for me, man, uh, I, I think AJ said a lot, and and Dre, you you touched you touched on a, a new a new angle, um, so Sam in itself, right? Like when you're watching, let me actually even start before I even get into Sam. Um, you mentioned it, like even for me, I know there's other people out there we know about Magic in the chat. Shout out to you, Magic. Um, there's a thousand people who care about this this regular season and what that means from like a win-loss product like standpoint right um for me like a i don't know how people are gonna take this but like a win or a loss doesn't really affect me it's looking at the quarterback at this point right because i know like we should all know what is likely going to happen to ron at the end of the season but it's also about how can you win games with how how is how like how is he affecting or impacting a game like from a win loss standpoint, how is he contributing to it? Um, and I think today, uh, this was one of those games where, from an offensider standpoint, it was like a, a real battle where you're trying to navigate um, how to overcome a, a team where AJ spoke on, which was true. Like, how do you overcome a team who is aggressive? They're sending delayed blitzes from the secondary. They are like they're in your receiver's kitchen from start to finish throughout the entire game. And now we got to, and, and on top of that, our screen game is looking very awkward. We have to find a way 
to make this offense work. And for Washington, up until the second half total, um, like you're you're or excuse me, I would say up until like the fourth quarter, really, your offense was two Brian Robinson plays, uh, a 51 yarder that went for a touchdown, and then like a 49 yarder in the third quarter. And like that was kind of the struggle, just trying to figure out how to establish something, right? Obviously, they had a before the 51 yard, I mean the 40, the 40 something yard run from catch and run from B Rob, you had um a 10 play drive that amounted to a field goal. But outside of that, you had a lot of three play drives that ended in a punt. <laughs> um, so like the true battle in terms of the offensive side of the football for me was really trying to uh see how Sam Howe navigated an aggressive defense like Seattle, but also seeing how the enemy is helping him out and how he's adjusting. And I think it took them some time early on. Like the, the offensive line was getting whooped a, cu- a couple times out of the – quite a few times with some stunts and just some one-on-ones in the interior, right? Um, but at the same time, you start seeing uh, ways that Brian Robinson again is featured in the past game. You start seeing the, the isolated one-on-ones with some, some – like your tight end. And then obviously Terry McLaurin is starting to win his one-on-ones in that second half. Uh, Sam Howell is making the right reads. He was making uh, a good amount of right reads throughout the day. Um, there was some some <laughs> there was some some uh, some fingers crossed ones where you know pressure impacted the way he threw a pass. Um, in in a literal sense, and obviously you know he had a drive where you're even you're actually in plus territory and he fumbles. Um, so like you're you're biting yourself offensively. We're going. I'm gonna get to the defense side of football, but. My, again, when it comes to how and, and just seeing how this this offense is moving in, in a in an environment like this, like that was kind of my most uh, interesting storyline of the day. And I think for for all of the battling that they did throughout the first three quarters of trying to figure this thing out and get things together, it really came together for them in the fourth quarter where you're talking about. I think it was like a 14 for, for Washington. It was like a uh, a 14 point fourth quarter, 17 points total right in the in the fourth quarter including the game winning or game tying drive for Washington um where Sam Howell really came to life where Dre mentioned like he started making a believer out of him um I, I'm like that game and then on the road in Philly where you have the game tying uh game tying drive like in those instances where you see clutch moments with like very gutsy but also accurate throws and crunch time like those are all encouraging signs that you want to see in a young quarterback. Like how do you handle an environment such as a Philadelphia, such as a Seattle, right? Like those are, are just as important as what you do on a down to down basis, like critical moments. What is it called? Uh, uh, mental toughness. Like those type of things is what you want to see in a young quarterback and something that you can build off of. And then you look at the coaching. I don't know. Uh, we we kind of saw this before where the, the conversation about why didn't you go for two and, and it started dawning on me after the the first DK Metcalf catch um on the last drive where they where they, they kicked the go-ahead field goal the game winning field goal I'm like if you think about it bruh if if they went for two yeah you either win or lose the game right then and there or, I mean you excuse me let me rewind that you have a good chance of losing the game on that given play, but also like if you kick the field goal and you make it, at least if they're driving, 
and and they kick a field goal to to try and win it, you already have the lead. So it's no overtime. You they just miss it and you win. In in theory, like if the goal was to 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 be in those those moments where you can kick a field goal and really tr- try and win the game in that moment, I feel like I feel like Ron probably had a a, a missed opportunity there, just just as similar as the missed opportunity he had in Philly. I mean, how how can how can I expect a coach that doesn't manage the clock properly in in game ending situations to possibly think about going for a two point conversion there? Like, well, let's let's even be honest. That first, well, I don't have expectations first, of him. I, I, you know, I'm just I'm just saying. You know but, what I'm saying? But like, but even look at the the way like the game came down to an end, right? The first time my lady used was either on like a third or a fourth down. And, and the it's clock like wasn't if, even moving. It's like if you don't, if you yeah, if you don't convert on that play, now you don't have all your timeouts to possibly put your team in position to get the ball back from Seattle to drive downfield. So it's just like I I don't even I don't even think about his nickname, Titanic Boat, Ron, whatever <laughs> the hell it is. Like at the end of the day, it's like we already know this man ain't going to be back here. And this is what, you know, we are accustomed to, like someone that just doesn't manage the game properly overall. So I'm I'm never surprised when I see these blunders happen during the game. It's like, it's like he's not even thinking about these situations, which is weird because he doesn't do anything. So he doesn't call plays, whatever. You should have all the time in the world on the sideline to conduct conversations with the rest of your staff, the quality control, analytics, whoever, so that when you are in these situations, you know exactly what to do. And that's just not going to happen with Ron. And I'm I'm content with that at this point because I know this is the last hurrah. If he wants to call it his last lap, cool. <laughs> but I mean, for me, I didn't really have an issue with that. I mean, now I would have had an issue if we would have had all our timeouts and he didn't go for the two point. But I thought they screwed themselves out of going for the two point once you burned that timeout, as AJ mentioned, and then you burned another one after that. So you only had one timeout left. But if you had three timeouts left, you go for the two, you don't get it. Seattle's going to be in running mode, so you could possibly stop them on three downs and get the ball back with good good amount of time. But once you burn that time out, it was almost kind of a moot point. I mean, sure, you win if Seattle doesn't go down and kick the field goal, but your defense wasn't really stopping them all day. I mean, Geno Smith was driving on you all day. He had a career high. Uh, I think it was a career high passing yards he had today against us. Yeah, it was a career high. <laughs> Which it's is insane. High? Oh, my yes. Lord. I mean, oh, what, what, what did we say to Ashley? I don't know. That's crazy. Get right. Washington yeah. is the get right team. And we said that. We said that pregame show, um, you know, last week on Thursday. But yeah, again, I mean, the defense showed that they weren't going to probably stop them. There was you shouldn't you shouldn't have had any confidence in stopping them. So I mean, regardless, I mean, again, burning the timeout, I thought was more egregious than you know not going for the two point because I thought burning that timeout. I need to know what it, Ron says yeah. post game about that timeout part. Yeah, because that hurt. I mean, that 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 was it. I said I said that's gonna you know come back to burn them in a sense because now, like I said. If you wanted to go for two, you could, you know, you have the flexibility of saying, all right, if we're down one, you know, well, we don't get the two, we're down one, we can get three stops, you know, because we got three timeouts. But if you don't have any timeouts, then you know, it's nothing you yeah. can really do. I don't, I don't. So, like, I, I know it's going to sound weird about what I'm saying. Um, I don't have like a a, a big issue with him deciding not to go for it. My main thing wasn't even the timeouts; it was actually the fact that there was a lot of time left on the clock. Like I would more so get it if there was like what 
30 seconds, maybe 20 seconds left on the clock, and you're talking about having an opportunity to win it right then and there. More importantly, if it's less than 10 seconds on the clock, because there is no time for somebody to go down and like it's similar to like that's more similar to the Philly one than it is anything else, right? Um, so I don't have a, a, a huge problem with it being um them kicking the field goal and playing their chances. But then that's when when I mentioned the coaching, because the timeouts are important, right? You're talking about not being ready after incomplete, incomplete pass. Um, and then the second one that they call soon after, um, <laughs> I don't even, that's, that's the one I want to know why he, why he called, like, I don't know what that one was about. Um, no, I actually, I don't know what either one of them was about. Honestly, it was, it was, it was inexcusable. Um, but then you talk about what happened on defense and that's kind of where the, the bigger conversation is. And I think that's kind of where you look at several ways where this defense let Washington down throughout the day. Um, I think the biggest thing, so, so there's a couple things to look at it, mind you. Washington also early on, they only held, they held Seattle to what, nine points in the first half or 12 points in the first half. So like, even with all that being said, they, they did a good job of keeping Washington in it. When again, you're talking about a team who had, I think, uh, nine points as well in the first half, right? One big play on offense. Um, at one point, they were averaging like 4.9 yards of play. The commanders were um, even with the 50 yarder, <laughs> a 50 yard score. So, like, the defense did a good job up until they didn't. And, and I think what ultimately ended up hurting them, uh, Gino got locked in. But also, you're talking about a team who missed several tackles throughout the day. Um, like, even with the, the big run play, no, excuse me, that was a pass play, the check down to, uh, I forgot the, the running back's name, but. The one who scored the 64 yarder. Uh, you're talking about a person Walker. who Walker, Walker, who like Percy Butler has several times, like he does this throughout a game every single week. It seems like he misses tackles in open field. And, bruh, and but that tackles. but Maul, you you watch tape, bro. That is exactly what Percy Butler did in college as well. I'm, I, I mean, that's, angles, but that's fine. I'm not, I'm, not even, I'm not even worried about I'm just saying, like, it's it's not it wasn't just Percy on the day, it was literally it was literally the defense having issues with missed tackles. But I'm saying that Percy's Percy's missed tackle led to a 60-something yard touchdown. And and that's that's where I'm getting at. Um, it was a collective effort of people uh not being where they need to be, but also just actually just having having struggles against their matchups. Um, uh, Percy missed tackles. We talked about Ben for a uh for 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 a good portion throughout the day, right? He was having some issues in coverage. I remember seeing a tweet from somebody. I don't know who, I don't remember who it was at this point. They was like, every time that the pass is targeted at Ben, he gets nervous because every, every single play looks like a holding or, or some type of, some form of defensive pass interference. Um, And to that, to that point, it's like, I get it. And, and I think the refs kind of understand it too. Like they have their, they have their scouting reports before games. Uh, they know what type of cornerback Ben is. So maybe they do understand that he's just an aggressive corner. So they're not going to call every single one on Ben. But this was one of those games where it ends up costing them. Um, a fourth down play where, mind you, on third down, um, I'm sorry, yeah, on third down, Jack called a, a well-timed uh, blitz from the secondary. And, and Percy Butler actually makes the play on third down at the line of scrimmage where they're trying to sneak the tight end to the flats. Uh, he, he runs with him cro- across the formation makes an excellent play in the backfield. You're talking about a fourth and five. And now you get a stop on fourth and five, but then it's a penalty. And then there's two more penalties after that that leads to a touchdown. Like, it was just an undisciplined defense for some reason after after a, a, a what was a, an impressive start in the first first quarter and some change. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I understand people are frustrated at Jack, and, and there's no reason to, like, there's no reason to shift blame, right? 
But that was you're talking about a team who gave up nearly, I think, 500 yards on a day. That's that's rough, bro. And I think a lot yeah. of that had to do with personal mistakes. Well, I mean, I, I haven't had a chance to look at the stats, but did we have any sacks today? Because we didn't have any last um, week. Let's see. They had yeah, one sack have, and it went for zero one, yards. Jonathan Allen. Yeah. Okay. So I must have missed that part. Yeah, yeah he, I he mean, had a, he, had a, he had a little sack. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's obvious with the defense. They're not playing the best guys or whatever, who they think can get the job done. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just giving a big, you just giving up a big amount of yardage. Like maybe today you didn't give up like explosive plays per se, but the two that you can kind of pinpoint that you did give up led to a touchdown, the Kenneth Walker pass for sixty some yards, and the DK Metcalf catch to put them in field goal range to end the game. Like you, you can't give up explosive plays. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he came out just the second half, but it was very predictable. It was like anytime they got in third down, you knew he was blitzing, which is like, hey, man, switch it up or bluff it sometimes. But uh, that's just who Jack Del Real is, and um, <laughs> that's just how it's going to be the rest of the way out. Everyone's going to get right against this team. Uh, Geno Smith had his career day uh, as far as passing yards. And uh, we'll see if uh, the dude that lives with his parents in New Jersey, you know, what he what he does next week with the uh, New York Giants at quarterback. <laughs> oh, DeVito? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. With his folks in Jersey, bro. They said, well, like 10 miles from the stadium. So I guess he I guess he in good shape, bro, as a pro. Um, all right. So offensively, I'm, let's circle back to uh, – the day i mean obviously we know what um jack and them did right uh I, I think even like matter of fact before we even get back to the offense i've never seen a, a officiating crew like so uh what's the word incompetent for their decision to to eject emmanuel forbes for that hit like they they know like there's without a shadow of a doubt i know for a fact and everybody that's listening live watching watching live y'all know for a fact you have never seen a hit like that with the intention of the hit of emmanuel forbes like get ejected for something like that he was making a football play he was not worried about the the person on the other side he wasn't worried about the receiver like intentionally trying to take his head off He's acting as if the ball is about to get completed, and he just makes a play to try to dislodge the football, and and boom, he hits his helmet. I I mean, it's it's clearly a foul. Like, there's I wouldn't disagree with the foul call, but damn, like, at what point? Is, what are we What are we doing ejecting the manual, bro? Like, he he cannot whether it's whether it's for his play or whether it's officiating, he cannot catch a break this year, bro. It's, I mean, I think he actually year for my man. I think he actually caught a break today because the way people are going after Ben St. Jude's, they would have done it done it to Emmanuel Forbes because he was lined up on Metcalf to begin uh, the the couple defensive series that they had. So uh, it's unfortunate. I don't really know how they want guys to play football. Uh, it's almost becoming two hand touch because I mean, at, at some point, if guys are you know touted for their speed and their physicality and all these different things. And they make a football play, and they they unintentionally make contact with someone that shouldn't be ruled as something egregious to throw someone out the game. Like, 
we we got to bring some context into it. Like he didn't throw himself at him to to injure him. This player ain't get knocked out for the game. They weren't concussed. Anything like the penalty was perfect. That's cool. But for New York to call in and say ejection is insane. Like, like that's another thing that you like you point. Like New York called this in. Like that's even crazier. And you got Blandino on the Fox on the Fox broadcast acknowledging publicly fighting back against the decision to get Emmanuel Forbes like ejected. Like that that is incredible that that New York called this in and said that he had to go. But see, and my my issue is. The Denver game, Kareem Jackson, his hit was yeah. way more malicious and dirty than what Forbes did. I mean, granted, I was watching the game on my phone, but I looked at him like, okay, I mean, yeah, I can see the helmet, the helmet getting a 15-yard penalty, but an ejection for that, it was nothing malicious in the intent on what uh, Forbes was doing. Yeah, give him the 15-yard penalty, that's it. But again, we've seen dirtier plays that didn't get any kind of ejection. I mean, throughout the, you probably see a dirtier play every week that doesn't result in the ejection. So that was just insane to me, man. <laughs> yeah, man, you're not wrong, bro. Um, at all, I, I don't. I, I I would love to see if they're doing a pool report on this. I would love to see what the refs have to say about the decision to, to eject that man. Um, this week. Uh, all right. So, did our takeaways, our overall takeaways. Uh, and went, went in on the defense a bit. Uh, Sam Howe was the, the the topic for everything um, that wasn't related to actually winning or losing the football game. It was, it was really about Sam. Um, this was a game where, heading into it, there was a lot of conversation about consistency, right? And rightfully so, the conversation with consistency stems on uh, the fact that you've seen a, a game – excuse me, uh, you've seen a team – from uh weeks one through seven have been being consistently inconsistent uh on both sides of the football uh from your quarterback from your offensive coordinator uh from your offensive line and now you see those two 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 games back to back with the the eagles uh and then obviously um the patriots where you're talking about solid performances from sam um but you're still waiting to see for some people, you're still waiting to see like how the rest of this season goes and in the level and the variety in which uh how plays from whether it's a good performance to a, a great performance to uh mediocre, whatever, whatever caliber of performances he plays in. And again, Seattle, he finishes the day with uh 29 completions, 312 yards, three touchdowns, uh, one turnover. Um and it's it's another solid day. Um, you saw issues. You saw moments where he was able to make some some plays with his legs. Um, again, when I mentioned uh, Brian Robinson really being the offense for <laughs> for all up until the third quarter or or late late third quarter, um, you know those were the biggest plays. But that's ha- that's partly from how escaping the pocket and buying time with his legs and finding somebody. Uh, there was also some instances where he's escaping the pocket, finding Logan Thomas for some plays, uh, Curtis Samuel as well. Um, and, and ultimately, late, you see the, the the drive that leads to a game-time touchdown. The composure, uh, the pass to De'Ami Brown was over two defenders. Um, shout out to the offensive line who gave him time, but also De'Ami Brown for finishing the play. But to, to make that pass <laughs> where he did um, and, and say, F it, we we about to make this happen like 
that's that's as perfect as a ball as a ball that you can really have to, to Deami Brown in that situation um over those two defenders. Um and, and you're talking about people who who tried to to deflect the pass and break it up. So really good placement for Sam. Um I think what Seattle did when I briefly touched on this earlier in terms of like the stalling from the offense, they really they did a really good job sitting on the short routes. Um and then pressure starting to get home as well. And, and it made like offense and life for for the offense chaotic. But overall, like again, with with this battle on this side of the ball, I think Hal held his own. And, and in a and in a critical environment or a, or a hostile environment such as Seattle's, um, I don't have too many negatives to, to take away from from this performance. Um, and and I think a lot of the positives were 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 just as encouraging. Now, most of the positives for me really just came on that that um, that last drive. Uh, like I said, the composure. Um, but at the same time, like this side of the ball did a really good job of answering when their backs were against the wall in a hostile environment. They did it several times throughout the day. What do y'all think about Sam? Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, again, like I said, I've been waiting for Sam to kind of put together these games. I mean, the last two games, I thought Sam was really good. This game, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a real test. You know, they're going against a pretty damn good defense in Seattle. Hostile environment, as you've been mentioning. And he just goes up there again. I mean, he had, Brian Robinson was the offense for the most part of the day. But Sam never looked really flustered throughout the day. I mean, I thought he made good throws throughout the day, even though we weren't scoring early on. We only had nine points first half for the most part. But, again, Sam can move the ball. Sam doesn't get rattled. That's the one thing I do love about Sam. He does not get rattled. And, like, the ball placement on some of his throws is just crazy. Like, that pass yeah. to uh, Antonio Gibson with the pressure in his face. I thought that was going to be intercepted. I was like, oh, man, he got hit. He's probably going to throw an interception. And it's a perfect dime to let Antonio Gibson run right into the uh, end zone. I mean, Gibson was wide open as hell, but still, he's staring down pressure to make that throw. And those are the type of things we've been kind of seeing for Sam. Those are the type of flash plays that he's been making. But now he's making these plays consistently, and he's showing you he can do this. I don't know what Sam's ceiling is. I'm not going to place a ceiling on Sam. I, you know, originally, I've been kind of thinking maybe he can be in that 12 to 16 range. But again, I'm not, I don't want to put a ceiling on Sam yet. Like, I don't know what he can be, but I do think he's giving you enough, or at least the next regime that comes in here enough to say, hey, this guy's on a rookie contract. We can work with this guy for another year or two, and you know, uh, we, we can give him that chance. Like, he can be, you know, anybody can look at Sam and see the tools and say, hey, we can work with this guy. I think, you know, no, no one is going to come in off the break from what they're seeing these last few games, at least. Or I, actually, if you just bottle up his season in a sense, I don't think anyone's going to come in and say, we don't want that. We want something else. I mean, granted, there, there, there could be a situation where someone comes in and they still want their guy. But I think at the least, Sam's going to make that shit hard on somebody. Like, he's going to make the decision really hard because he's looking like he has something in his league. Like I said, now the only question is, how high is his ceiling? We don't know that yet. I mean, that's fine. We don't need to know that yet. But what Sam is doing, he's putting a lot of good on tape. tape. Sam is helping himself a lot. And Week in and week out, he's giving you a chance to win games. Now, I do think, you know, our ceiling as a team is limited just because of what we have here regime-wise. Like, this regime, I think we're capped out. I think this is, like, what you're going to get with these guys. You're going to get seven to eight wins in a season, which is why I'm okay with the losing right now. Right now, it's all about Sam and his development. Because if Sam does show you enough that you can go in the next season with him, especially if you bottom out or, you know, 
finish what six and eleven like a Ron Rivera season or something. Now instead of talking about a quarterback to draft next year, you're talking about adding pieces around around Sam, like some high talent pieces around Sam, and that's that's encouraging to me. Yeah, I mean, I think we should also open up the floor to uh, some of the people within the chat if they want to come on to, to talk about Sam Howe uh, a little bit. But, I mean, I think today you, you've seen him keep his eyes downfield, uh, looking to, to try to make a play. That's why you were able to get those major plays from Brian Robertson within the passing game. If he doesn't keep his eyes downfield, that's traditionally a, a sack. Um, or or incomplete pass overall, whatever the case is. But keeping his eyes downfield, allow him to showcase some of his playmaking ability to get Brian Robinson that ball. And one ended up being a touchdown, another one ended up being a big gainer for, what, maybe 40-some yards, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Uh, the the pass to Antonio Gibson, I I didn't know if it got tipped or what, uh, just from watching on TV, I couldn't really tell. Uh, I think it was a great play design and, and him being able to follow through on that pass, getting the ball to Gibson. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty about the much, corner route for the touchdown. That's what you're yeah, saying? the corner route yeah, yeah, to yeah. Gibson for the touchdown. Yep. Um, I still think that overall Seattle came into this with a perfect game plan. Their, their plan was to try to jam the wide receivers and keep them within the short game only. Like, they played the short game perfectly. Um, that's exactly what they did. They they have another corner on the other side, aside from uh, uh, Weatherspoon and Woolen, who's 6'4", got length and speed. Uh, he definitely did a great job of, of holding Jihad Dotson in check and even playing Terry McLaurin very well on, on certain downs. Um, it's, hey. it's still – go ahead. I was just going. I was just going to add something because this is. This, I saw so, so when we did somebody did their one sentence takeaway, and this was something that really stood out to me. Uh, after he said what he said, he's like, "Damn, no receivers got off." Type type shit for Washington, right? I don't remember the exact tweet, but I'm looking at the numbers now, right? Deami Brown went two for forty one, Terry McLaurin four for thirty three, <laughs> and then and then you had Byron Prinkle one for seven, Curtis Samuel two for six. Jamison and Jahan both have zero catches, zero yards. Essentially, this was a day where the, the running backs took over and your tight ends took over. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's that's one thing that I did like with Eric Bieniemy, how he maybe some of the plays didn't result to positive yards as you wanted it to. But what it did do was make well, the Seattle defense, it made, it made them commit to understanding that even in these personnel looks, these guys could possibly be going out for a pass or a screen. So you seen like a rollout tight end screen to John Bates. It didn't succeed as far as what you want yardage wise, but you seen how involved that Logan Thomas and John Bates were early in the game plan to kind of force Seattle to understand in these personnel groupings that these guys may not stay in within blocking. They, they might actually go out for a pass. And I felt like he connected with some of those calls later on in the game. But, yes, the wide receivers got shut down. I mean, uh, Curtis Samuel, he was questionable coming into the game. I don't really know how healthy he is or not. But having Jahan Dotson on the outside uh, against these type of corners that that like to press and be up in your face, 
it kind of shows his weakness. I've always thought that Jahan Dotson is better suited to be in the slot than on the outside. Um, today kind of helps with that <laughs> with that thought process. He had no catches at I all. I think this. I think the slot is the slot is a a, a part. Where you gotta you gotta get off the press in the slot too. I think the main thing. I don't disagree. Like I always thought that slot. I mean, press was his press was his issue. Um, coming out of college, but I, I more so think like for offenses. Uh, first off, if you can't get off the line in the NFL personally at all, you can't even you can't even play. Like coaches say that all the time. But I think for a person like Jahan, like he needs like those stacked alignments or those motion routes that that allows him to have those free releases, especially against a team like Seattle. Yeah. So I mean, I think overall to just cap the conversation on Sam Howell, I think it was still an up and down day. Uh, we also can't forget about that fumble. Um, it's like, bro, at some point, man, you got to stop trying to play hero ball and just get down. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, you just got to get down. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that the offense, like you stated, Maul, early, earlier, the offense is pretty stagnant for most of the day outside of those two those two passing plays to to B-Rob. And then, you know, we get that touchdown at the end from Diami Brown. They really didn't. They really didn't get to do much. Um, the numbers, <clears throat> the numbers might show differently if we think that Sam Howell played great. Then we got to think that Geno Smith played great as well because they pretty much had the same, the same damn numbers. <laughs> oh, I mean for sure. But I mean, but Geno, Geno ain't he ain't he ain't Sam Howell. Geno is Geno is like eleven years into his career. Yeah, I mean we. I'm not even well, focusing have, on that. He can have a good game. I'm not focusing on that point, but he still went for his career day. That's that's all I'm saying is like either way, both of the offenses didn't look like complete offenses overall. They had ups and downs throughout the oh, game. Yeah. yeah. That's that's yeah. essentially what I'm getting yeah. to. I, hey, I, I 100% agree. And I, real quick, I just want to say because the chat is kind of talking my language right now with the draft prospects. I see Jay Tyler mentioned Harrison and Brock Bowers. Love those two. But do not forget about my man Keon Coleman for Florida State. That's another weapon to keep your eye on. That boy is bad. Can make them one handed <laughs> catches, bro. Hey, he can do more than that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm here for the Brock Bowers talk, bro. And and the receiver, too. Um, But I don't want to get people too upset. I saw some people in the chat about it. they They want to win. They ain't worried about the draft talk right now. Um, I, but, bro, but what do, what do people want to win? Like what? What they are you? Win eight win? games. They want to win eight games and be temporarily happy on Sundays. Yeah, but, <laughs> they just want to have a prolonged season. I guess, I guess they want bragging about. rights or something. I don't know. Yeah, like that's that's what I'm confused about. Like, what are you trying to win here? Like, if if you want to just be able to brag to you know fans and your family that might be of the Giants, the Cowboys, the Eagles, okay. But overall, for this team. The, the best draft position is what's going to help them the most, especially if we think that they're going to hire a competent GM in here. You want to get the best <laughs> the best uh, slot that you can within this draft overall. Yeah, no, I don't I don't I don't disagree. Um, I think letting it, Tyler is Jay Tyler is hilarious because like I don't think he's wrong at all. Uh you have Ron, <laughs> you, you ain't gonna win that many games. <laughs> like, matter hey, of fact, we capped out. <laughs> yeah, hey, tomorrow, I saw somebody tweet. Um, damn, I, I lost it. Somebody said if we if they lose next week or they have one more loss this season, it's it's like the 20th straight season or something where they don't have 11 wins on a year. 
So I mean, look, they right on they right on track for for what they used to doing. Um, hey, I'm with Jay like Tyler. That, hey, look, I'm with Jay Tyler on the Thanksgiving game. Hey, get, give me good. that Thanksgiving win. I don't care about no other game this year, but I want that Thanksgiving win against Dallas bad. And that could be yeah. Sam Howell's real marquee game right I'll, there too. Hey, but look. That, you're, so gonna look, be real, you're gonna be real sad eating that thing. <laughs> oh, hey, so listen on. So now that we got people, we got some we got some people in the chat. Um, AJ, I just realized this. First and foremost, again, if you're just checking in or if you haven't done so yet, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube side. We definitely appreciate that. Um, audio side, ratings review, we definitely appreciate that as well. You can call in, the link is in the description. At this point, we probably got like one or two calls if you want to call in, but uh, that's about it. But for those in the chat now, um, we are bringing back the jersey giveaway on for the Thanksgiving game against Dallas. Sam Howell jersey giveaway. Um, we're going to set the parameters the week of um, for that game, but we're gonna we're gonna have a, a, a jersey giveaway. We're, we're bringing that back. We're gonna give people a, another shot to to get this one. Um, it's gonna be fun setting the, setting the numbers, man. Because honestly, Dre, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I'm in this space where it's like. The way that the house performing, I'm getting a little bit more confident that we're gonna get this. We're gonna give a we're gonna give a jersey to somebody. <laughs> like I'm I'm getting pretty confident we're gonna give a AJ jersey. AJ don't want to hear that. You know AJ don't want to hear that. I don't I don't I don't feel that confident. I think maybe we might give away a Jeremiah Trowder jersey. Hey bro. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we gonna give a jersey away, bro. Um, but no man, it's it's it, it is interesting, and and I think for for the day that Howe had collectively, who's next? The Giants. Okay. So the Giants is going to be interesting because they are a, a pressure and, and scheme type of defense where like theirs is unique to the other teams that we've played over the last couple of weeks. Right. Um, so it will be, it will be interesting to see how they handle this the second time around be enemy and Sam. I'm in the offensive line. Um, but like, if you can stack another game, which was which the Giants is a is a legitimate test defensively, um for for Sam Howell and the offensive line of the enemy. If you can stack another good game, bouncing back from the one that you had on the road against New York, and and really like do some damage to this defense, the Giants defense this upcoming week, um I will be completely encouraged by like the traje- trajectory of Sam. Again, I've said and and people who know this like. People in the chat, even Jay Tyler said I was nitpicking. I don't even under, I don't, I didn't understand what that meant. Like I was just, I calling what we see. Like he man, folks just, folks just sensitive, bro. They on their yeah, Ralph I, I Trans- Dre. I know you know who this is. They on their Ralph Transvan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a laugh because it sounded funny, but I don't know what that means. Well, uh, look. Let's first off, we gotta tell Magic to shut Give up. When I started the Sam Howell train because Magic oh, starts every quarterback train. Like it doesn't matter who's <laughs> the quarterback for the Commanders, Magic is gonna tweet and prop them up. So no, you're old for like thirty. Well, you're you're bound to be right once. First of all, like I don't I don't know I don't know if we should give Magic any credit if he's over here vouching for Ron to come back. What's up, bro? Yeah, yeah he wants Ron. To, the only person in America that wants Ron Rivera to come back here. Uh, <laughs> hey, but. Uh, uh, where was I headed? Oh, like just just kind of how things are going. Like the Giants game is going to be another test for for this offense for the the, the important components of this offense. Um, and then after that is who? Um, let me double check. It's it's the Jersey giveaway game, Cowboys. Oh, it is Dallas next. Okay, cool. Oh, perfect, yeah, perfect, perfect, yep. perfect, perfect. Okay, so yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be a really good set next set of games, man. Um, for this offense and for Howell in particular. But I think if this if this consistency Think about it. Think about it like this too. 
and, and I guess I'll I'll ask AJ as well. Like, I'm not trying to you you can have your opinion, right? But you're talking about a quarterback. Matter of fact, let me go to the numbers so I can get the, the number. Hold on, let me go to his game logs. Uh with today against the Patriots, he's had one, two. I mean, uh, the Seahawks, excuse me. He's had one, two, three, four, four 300-yard games on the season. Um, and I think three of those 300-yard games were on the road, if I'm not mistaken. No, they're not. Two of them were. Um, it's kind of split, actually. But four, four, four 300-yard games on the season, um, and this one being in another hostile environment, uh, I don't – like I think some of the stuff that we're seeing from this young guy, I don't. We don't have to spark a whole nother conversation. Just my, this is in my opinion. Um, I, I honestly think that like this isn't like you don't see these type of performances from quarterbacks in Washington, like especially at this age, like especially with this this level of inexperience. So I think that's kind of the unique situation that while we're being overly critical from a, from a standpoint of trying to figure out like if this guy is is like future material franchise like we can see 10 plus years in this guy um even in this moment we acknowledged it when stacy came on like some of the moments that he has are like that's some top tier shit that he's doing on the field and i think because we're 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 rightfully so looking for if this guy is it or if he if he if he has question marks I don't I don't think you can ignore some of the big moments that he's had or or overlook them. I wouldn't say ignore, like just overlook them. Like that's kind of hard to do um from from a guy like this. Like winning is going to come if you get the 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 circumstances situated around him. When I when I'm talking about like talent, I'm talking about even a defense and a competent coach, but some of the stuff that he's doing is like respect. Like I like I like this. And and to add on to that, Maul, um, a lot of quarterbacks, and this is the thing that's kind of the turning point for me with Sam, and I'm starting to come around on him. It's a lot easier for someone in Sam's position to go out there and throw up on themselves routinely than to go out there and kind of put up the moments that he's having routinely now. And that's why I said I wanted to see the consistency because we've seen quarterbacks make great plays. We've seen quarterbacks have great games. But can you do it consistently? Like, you know, that's the thing. And, you know, that's why I'm skeptical and I didn't want to just jump on the bandwagon just yet because – We've been watching bad quarterback play for years. I mean, years, you know what I'm saying? So we, we've seen it. So one or two good games isn't going to really impress me at this point in my fandom. But when you start to put those moments together for more than just one or two games and you're putting it together for a course of the season, that's when you start to say, okay, maybe we have something here. And that's why I said it's not unreasonable for me to want to make or want to see a full season of Sam to make a full, uh, you know, before I rush to judgment on Sam. And that goes either way, whether I was going to say Sam is not it or whether I was going to say Sam is it. But right now, I'm definitely leaning towards Sam is it. <laughs> I mean, because the man, I mean, he's putting together some some performances that we just haven't seen here, you know, at least uh, since Kirk Cousins has been here for the most part. And I still wasn't the biggest Kirk Cousins fan. But Sam is at least putting himself in that conversation to say, yeah, I mean, you you may have something with the guy. Yeah, man. Um, I'm interested in like I, like I said all season, I'm interested in seeing where this thing goes. Um, so far, he he's he's kept my attention 11 games into the season, and, and I'm here for the for the last six. My math, right? Yeah, last six. So we're gonna see how that goes. 
Um, okay. I think we did good, man. Um, I appreciate everybody who's been in the chat and the, and the newcomers. Well, not newcomers, newcomers to today. Uh, Kenny, Jordan, appreciate y'all checking in as well. Um, obviously, Kenny, I know you've been around, but yeah. Um, Hawk, I see you. Uh, he does have, Ron does have one more year left in his contract, but guess what's going to happen when that new GM come in? Snip, snip. Snip, snip. Oh, you up out of here. So, so Ma, no one wanted to come up and talk about their franchise quarterback? I guess not. Uh, I guess not. <laughs> hey, look, that's dangerous, man. Look, Jordan, I, I appreciate your confidence. And, and I'm not sitting here telling people, do your thing, bro. If you think he it, he it. Like, that's your opinion. Um, right. But patience, patience is important, man. Like, three games can make you jump the gun. Like, even what, what Dre said today, I – that was I. That was a new. That was a new found. That was a new level of belief in Sam. Even with like how Dre has been throughout this entire this entire season, like even killed. Even what he said today, like that's a that's a new level of faith in in Sam in a good way. So gotta be hey, careful because you, you don't know it. what's going to happen when at, with with six games left. Like it can be completely different from hey, from these this three game trip. Gotta run that. Gotta run that thing back against New York next week too. Hey, yeah. all I'm which, saying which, is. Which, would we consider that his biggest struggle game, like opponent was? Well, between that and the uh, the Bills game, Buffalo. I mean, probably yeah. the Bills. Yeah, four interceptions in that game. Yeah, that had to be the one. But I mean, yeah, I mean, and like you said, Maul, it's fine for those of you who felt like he's been that guy since day one. I mean, I'm sure you probably felt that way about a lot of other quarterbacks here as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but hey, I wanted to see it over the course of time, and he's making a believer yeah. of me, and he's not doing anything to change. You know that. So I'll take it. I, I got what? time. I, got, I, I don't care. I got time, bro. I ain't, you ain't gonna see nothing until probably like the last two, three weeks of the season. Like having a final opinion on that man. What's interesting about Sam Howell is just like the the way the conversations are happening around him as far as social media wise. Like even today, I'm chilling watching the game. I see CJ Stroud do something. I talk about CJ Stroud. Motherfuckers want to hit me up, talk about Sam Howell in my comments. Like it's like, bro, I can't look at somebody else like. Like I, I don't hate the kid. I don't hate him at all. If if I don't know if maybe y'all remember last year I said that they should start Sam Howe over Taylor Heineke when Carson Wentz got hurt after the Bears game. Like I was saying that they should move forward with him and let him show what he can bring to the table because you already know what you're gonna do with Taylor Heineke at the end of the year, which is move on. Like I don't hate the kid. I just won't be on here anytime soon saying franchise quarterback. I'm I'm going to sit out on that conversation until we see everything get done overall, who they hire at GM. That, that will tell you everything you need to know if they're going to proceed with this or not. But I think if you're a Washington fan, you shouldn't be looking forward to wins or whatever. Just see how the offense clicks. And and Sam Howell's a major character within that 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 movie of how this offense moves going forward alongside Eric Bieniemy as his co-star. There it is, man. Um, Kenny, I I'm sure it'll be a sold out crowd next Sunday. No, I lied. I don't know. A Giants fan may have checked out just as just as much as, as Skins fans. Um, so I actually I actually don't know, Kenny. I think they both get fired, bro. Man, that's so sad, the, the bro. History, like history me, because I'm a Giants. fan of Dayball, not about the. I don't care about the Giants, but like, yeah, yeah I, I love Dayball, bro. The history of the Giants and their coaches stuff is like lately they've been hiring, they've been firing their coaches after the second year. 
Like it's it's not looking pretty at all. Uh, you think he don't make it to to the end of the season? I don't think. I think he makes it end of the season, but I don't think he he makes it as a as a third year head coach for the New York Giants. I can't see them firing. I mean, I don't think it'll be smart to fire him because they pretty much saddled him with Daniel um, Jones when he got there. Like, I mean, he was you know he was forced to kind of play yeah. Daniel Jones. Then they gave him the contract. He hasn't really come in and had his own guy. And I think from watching the Giants games, especially with Daniel Jones was starting, Dave Law didn't look like the biggest Daniel Jones fan to me. I mean, that could be I could be wrong or reading into it wrong. But I don't. I feel like you know he was kind of handicapped with Daniel Jones. So, so Dre, be, yeah. wouldn't wouldn't that play right into the aspect of this is the ownership's decision, their call, and if that ain't his guy, and that's who they allocated their money to, why would they let him go draft his guy to prove the ownership wrong? What did he draft his own guy? No, but right now, what the Giants are like, they probably gonna have the number one and number three pick if the draft were to start today. I can't remember. I would I let him get. The they should. They should. I think they should let him draft his own guy, man. Because again, that's for Daniel Jones's ownership or GM's front office mistake. That's not on Dayball. They, Daniel Jones preceded Dayball, so you know what I'm saying. He mm-hmm. had to come in and try to make it work with Daniel Jones. And I guess again, I could be wrong, but I don't think he was the biggest Daniel Jones fan. I just think that that's what they had, and he had to work with it. I'm with you, Dre. Uh, get that man a chance to get a quarterback. Like to hell with it, Daniel Jones. And the way they losing right now, bro. You talking about a you talking about a team that's gonna have a top five pick? They gonna have a they gonna have a pick of the litter, bro. If they play their cards right, so they might get Caleb Williams, man. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I'm I'm done with the DC hometown people. Like I know we ain't really think about quarterback nowadays with you know especially this fan <laughs> fan base, but. Just, just DC related conversations. I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, it's, it's too much pressure for these hometown kids, bro. Like, let them have a fun somewhere else. That's true. Um, I'm with you. All right, let's go ahead and get up out of here. Uh, we will be back Tuesday, um, 7 p.m. sharp. Uh, maybe try and get a guest on, just like we had this week or last week with Grant Paulson. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure these things out as they come along. For everybody in the chat, everybody. Let's let's get the the two biggest Sam Howe haters supposedly me and Linnell. <laughs> Ooh, I'm getting why why we doing the show? I'm getting tagged like, oh, will this shut up Linnell and who else? It was somebody else, and then the person wrote and and my uh, Twitter name. <laughs> I'm like, hey man, hey hey AJ making AJ making a name for us. you know when this nah, when the stream started, I bro. I was in the I was in uh who was it? My man um DJ. DJ was on your ass before this show even started today, you bro. Said who? DJ. <laughs> yeah, he they was, was in the was, chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, was, they was. They was. Look, they was. They had names was, for you. They was calling you yeah. names. <laughs> hey man, AJ Budden, bro. That's his hey, name. DJ been calling yeah. you that for like two, hey, three weeks now. Hey, that's what's up, AJ Budden. AJ Bayless. I ain't even. I ain't even gotta say nothing because I damn sure ain't say nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> hey man, hey, man so, y'all y'all just tune in to Trap or Dive, y'all y'all follow the show. Like we just gonna give our personal takes. Can y'all imagine how boring the show would be if we all just agreed on the same thing? That's the beauty of sports. you know what's That's funny. We started like that too. That's the funny thing. We used to be agreeing on everything. I said, bro, like, this, this must be because it's, this this must be because the season ain't started yet or something, <laughs> and then everything changed. <laughs> yeah, but that's the, but that's the beauty of sports. We all gonna see things a different way. Like I I could understand if you if you've been in uh, shambles as far as f- uh, 
finding a quarterback, you feel like this could possibly be the one. But I mean, I also think that it's unfair to say this is the best quarterback we've seen in the last 10 years in a Washington jersey. When if we're going based on statistics, Kirk Cousins put up great numbers, too. And a lot of people didn't want to renew his contract to keep him here. So I don't know. That's just the interesting part of this quarterback conversation. But, you know, keep letting the play out. You got, what, six more games left? Yeah, six more games left. Yeah, right. man, I just hope right. they continue to lose every single one, which ain't going to be hard. <laughs> and well, they're going to beat the Giants. They ain't going to lose to the Giants. <laughs> man, and we can <laughs> and we can focus on, you know, mm-hmm. who their GM is going to be a head coach and, and start talking about some of these draft prospects because there's a lot of talented kids that will be available in this draft on the offense and defensive side of the ball. As we can see, this team needs a lot of damn help. That's a fact, bro. That's a fact. All right, so let's go ahead and shoot for Linnell then. Let's see if we can get <laughs> the perceived uh, Sam Howe hater brigade. On the same <laughs> on the same podcast together. <laughs> so, so let's go wrap let's, it up for us again. Sam Howell Court. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Sam Howell Court. No bullshit, man. They let's get that podcast shut down, dog. Nah, man. <laughs> they ain't gonna do that to trap it down, man. We ended we ended shut down over here, man. They gonna report that motherfucking shit, hey, bro. But that's gonna wrap it up for the game, man. Appreciate everybody who in here. Like, like, subscribe, all that good stuff if you haven't done so. We back on Tuesday, man. Appreciate y'all for watching. Peace. Damn, set, huh? Watch him throw the ball. We gon' pick it off. You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep your cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap or Die. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.